Hey, that's the sound of a book. Uh, it's the sound of a book called Better Conversations by Jim Knight. I am not Jim Knight. My name is Yancey Crawford, and I'm an instructional coach. This is my first year out of the classroom, and being out of the classroom has afforded me a lot of perspective and the opportunity to sit down with some other people who know a lot about teaching and learning, who know a lot about school. And I am here to introduce the very first episode of PLC Punk, a teaching and learning podcast about teaching and learning, but also teachers and learners. And we're going to listen to learn. That's the hope. During COVID, I, uh, it was crazy. I was in the classroom and so many things were so different so fast. And I thought, man, right now people need to hear teachers' stories and I didn't have the time or bandwidth or capacity to capture those moments or the strain or stress of that time. But as an instructional coach, now maybe I do. I have a little bit of space here and there to sit down and talk with people and ask them questions and just hear what they have to say. So I'm here to share with you those conversations and hopefully we can grow with them. And I want to talk about one thing that I took away from uh, Jim Knight's book. And it was this passage that really struck me about the power of stories and analogies. In it, Jim Knight says, Stories serve numerous functions. They enable us to shape or structure the general chaos of personal experience. They convey truths too simple or too complex to be stated outright. They help us make sense and meaning of memories and experiences. They prompt us to wrestle with problems and create our own meanings, and they connect us with larger ideas and perhaps most importantly, to each other. Good stories remind us of our humanity. And that's where I'm going to be. I want to remind everyone that we're all human and that we can grow and learn from each other, no matter who or where. And I'm excited to talk to you about this first thing that I did. And boy, let me tell you, there are a lot of things I wish I could change about this interview because when I listen back to it, I don't love some of my vocal tics or um, some of the ways that I affirm my partner in the conversation because they come across to me just as a little annoying. But also, I'm new and I was learning from that. So part of this process for me is also going to have to be to be learning how to be bad at something. I guess I'm used to being good at stuff, and that's not an easy place for me to be, so I'll say that outright. But my guest was great. Uh, his name's Andy Brown. He is my building's IT guy, and he talks about how IT people are also teachers. He talked about his history with education. He talked about his family. He talked about COVID and so many other things. And I'm so happy that he did because I learned so much from him. When you hear him start speaking in a moment, you're going to hear us pick right up where I was asking him for help and setting up this microphone and starting the recording process. So here we go. Episode 1, PLC Punk with Andy Brown and Yancey Crawford. Here we go. Um, so you have like the 
audio file yeah. coming in and then yeah. this is just like the fader okay. for the like because the audio file has like data and okay. it, it's like this is how loud it was okay um, and if you can pick it up on here that loud then you don't have to turn it up okay. afterward which would boost the room noise and would sound like crap okay so I mean that's that's as much as yeah. I can explain I don't know okay no that's all right hey no I, I'll take it so take it. yeah I mean if you need we could even turn it down I mean at this point it's a little bit loud probably so okay we'll turn it yeah. we'll turn it down, we'll down. See. yeah there you go I mean you know yeah yeah audio things yeah i'll take it all right and then i'll cool. hide this and then it'll just be the thing okay boom okay boom here it is hi hey. andy hi hi <laughs> <laughs> that's all okay i'm i'm excited so let's uh try these so you picked a couple of questions uh in here and today we're going to talk about a couple of those but first uh i'm glad you're here thank you for taking time out yeah hey thank you uh you're welcome i want to talk about the norms the we have norms in our classroom, so I so I created norms as well. Uh, and I guess our norms are that I want to keep stories honest but inward looking. Right. Um, naming others for praise only, uh, and then not naming students in a way that makes them identifiable. Okay. And then the last one is really for me. Listen to learn. It's a thing that I need to work on. This is a part of my learning as well. I'm also reading. Some gym night about this very okay. same thing All right. trying to drive that concept this is another way to force me to do that so as I go through there here we are so we're here today and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, you and what you do so can you start off by telling us like who are you and what do you do yeah so <laughs> alright so Andy Brown um, I am the hardware tech here uh, building tech I say hardware tech because um, I think this role across the middle schools is mostly dealing with hardware. Um, mm -hmm. Here I don't deal with server stuff, which would be like um, keeping Canvas up and running mm -hmm. or um, like interfacing with like IXL, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So that's our data team at CC and our network mm -hmm. team there. Um, but if they do need some stuff done here, like we have closets where all our fiber for our internet is running mm -hmm. into and then um, it comes from the road the manholes oh, into yeah. the networking closet. And then from that main networking closet next to the office, we have five other closets that it goes to. All our phones hook up to that, all the drops, mm -hmm. um, and then all the access points as well. So the wireless access points cause WAPs or WAPs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, we just call them WAPs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, and then those access points um, do all of our Wi-Fi. So mm -hmm. if you know, the Wi-Fi's out, then I immediately hit up our network people and I say, hey, what's going on? They say, go to Network Closet 5 and mm -hmm. check that out. AP, it, AP number 37 is out. Mm -hmm. um, but with Canvas and stuff, as far as that goes, that's like more their realm at CC. And then here, I mostly deal with like imaging, um, MacBooks, Chromebooks, mm -hmm. stuff. You know, we have like a thousand devices in the building. So um, that's that's kind of what I do here at EDUB. Yeah, it's a lot. Do we actually have a thousand devices? Um, in the building right now, we have about 1150. So You just know that number? Yeah, well, that's been the beginning <laughs> of the year. Yeah, it's just, you know, we have to, I mean, that was a big part of summer was saying, okay, this is how many our inventory system says mm -hmm. Eastwood has assigned Andy and all of the other 12 or 15 techs in the district go around in your schools and scan every single device. 
So that was a big job, right? Mm -hmm. And then the ones that you can't scan don't have an asset tag on them because kids ripped them off. Right. They don't have a serial number because some of these devices are three or four years old. Mm -hmm. um, so the serial number is gone. Mm -hmm. Like, so you have to figure out what that device is and then scan it, re-tag it, mm -hmm. um, clean it. Maybe every device isn't clean. Um, <laughs> again, yeah, over a thousand devices here. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that was that was a big part, of, big part of summer. Man, yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you're one part detective, one part maintenance, one part sort of super problem solver. Like you, your job incorporates a lot. Do you think people know that that's all the stuff that you have to do? Um, I think they have an idea. I think what. I think sort of like the silent part of my job is that I'm a teacher too. Mm -hmm. um, and to be good at this job, I think you have to be, mm -hmm. um, and you at least have to be a good listener. Um, and to be a teacher in this position is to know that not everybody, kids and adults, mm -hmm. particularly adults, don't yeah. want to, I'm not gonna say don't want to, but I think people don't always know that they're learning. Like, um, they might not know that this is a teaching moment that, mm -hmm. that is happening. Um, so to be in an environment where, or maybe they don't want to be taught and they are more comfortable with learning on their own. And mm -hmm. so that is, those interactions have been important for me to get, not get through, but experience with people because mm -hmm. sometimes learning from people, particularly from a 26 year old can be difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that I have like crazy experience over people or anything mm -hmm. in life, but it's just that I've, I used a computer all throughout college. And I think that that was a really formative experience for me. Okay. So I like that you said people don't know they're learning. And honestly, sometimes when you get that, like that uh, under the radar learning is where it's most powerful when they're like, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Did you just make me learn something? You're like, I don't know. Did you? Right. And it's like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to make people feel like I'm talking down to them at all. Or I'm patronizing them at all. And like when people come in to, you know, teachers or custodial staff, mm -hmm. cafeteria, you know, um, nutritional workers, like people come in and they're, Oh, I'm so bad at technology mm -hmm. or this. I'm like, that's literally why I'm here. <laughs> like, you know, oh, I don't yeah. want to annoy you. Like, I'm probably annoying you. It's like, no, like, I'm here mm -hmm. because you're bad at technology. Yeah. No, but, like, because this is a teaching moment. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, like, a perspective that technology, like, ah, it's unfortunate because, like, yeah. so many IT workers get annoyed mm -hmm. at people's problems. And I think that's because not everybody who works in IT mm -hmm. support, ironically, is not maybe the best um, teacher. Oh. So, not, I mean, not to talk down on anybody, because no. everybody, you know, is great at their job for a different reason, but, um, you know, that's uh, that's a big part of what, what I do here, is mm -hmm. um, helping teachers, and less students this year than, you know, last year, but just helping adults in the building, like, be able to function autonomously and use technology in order to be able to um, enhance classroom experience and stuff like that. Yeah. Wild. I, I, like I said, I like that you brought up like that you are a teacher. So, I mean, I do kind of want to go back and I love this thought because this pairs really well into later some of the questions that we have. But I guess, I think we already sort of answered part of this, but like besides teaching, you're passionate about 
IT, but there are a few other things you and I had talked about. Like, what are those? Right. Okay. So I got into IT and technology in general because to produce music, mm -hmm. you these days, um, it's very helpful to not use computers. Mm -hmm. And so to configure software, to understand what are the limitations of hardware, how many virtual instruments can mm -hmm. I run on one MacBook before it you know, before it starts smoking. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely my passion is like recording music, songwriting, um, singing, rapping, making beats, like mm -hmm. making compositions. Like I just recorded actually to not to put her on blast, but like yeah. Maddie McDonough and yeah. her sister, like they're uh, both cantors in their community and mm -hmm. um, they wanted to record a piece for some friends who are having a wedding. So like I went over to her house and like brought a mobile setup. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. And it was a great experience because it's not just, you know, you can get it, you can get into recording from a variety of ways, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's through your church, whether it's, you know, because you want to set up a mic in your basement and mm -hmm. record your friends. Like, yeah. And so I came from like, Mike in a basement, um, mm -hmm. which has taken me kind of around the city actually. Yeah. And then it took me you know, most recently to Maddie's place. And, yeah. But usually I'm in my apartment. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm passionate about. And I think that I got into this um, job through being just generally capable with technology mm -hmm. um, through experiences with um, music. Is that because, do you think you, again, like you had mentioned earlier, like under the radar learning, because you were just exactly. playing with it? Yes. It That, oh my goodness, like the configuring a computer for music production mm -hmm. is literally the under the radar learning like that's it like that's how i got hit to that was because that's how i learned mm -hmm. to do this stuff like i am a fast googler because i had to be because mm -hmm. it would be like a session is happening right now are you going to capture it like are you going to uh, capture that energy because if you move too slowly then an artist or a musician or mm -hmm. somebody is going to they're they're not going to have that same energy as they did mm -hmm. five seconds ago, so it's it's very it's very much a a, a discipline that I think requires um, fluidity, mm -hmm. I would say. And if technology is in your way, um, and it's not you know it, it can enable you, but it can also be in your way. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, and that brought you like a lot of skills working with the job you have now, right? Particularly is, with MacBooks yeah. too. So that's that was. Um, I mean, I think that's the biggest way, probably now, that people are recording music is on MacBooks, and um, so now every teacher in here uses a MacBook, and so it was really a no-brainer for me to apply this job because I'm like, oh, you guys use Mac? Oh yeah, you can hire me right now. Oh yeah, yeah. and I like that that confidence. Like, oh yeah, you can. You well, can give me the, the job. Chrome, Chrome OS though, Chromebooks. Yeah. I mean, overwhelmingly, those are the devices that are in this building. I mean, we talk about we have like. We have over a thousand Chromebooks in here, mm -hmm. and when I started the job, I didn't know how to use a Chromebook. Oh, really? At all? I had never seen one in person. Awesome. Like at Best Buy, I'd seen one, but I'd never, you know, actually mm -hmm. seen one to open it and like mm -hmm. touch it and be like, "Oh, this is a touchscreen." I didn't even know. Like, mm -hmm. how is that? How does that work? Like, is the pen any good? Yeah. You know, so I've never really put it through its paces, and um, so it was a lot last year when we opened up the kiosk for the first time and then kids were coming to me with broken Chromebooks already. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my Chromebook's broken. Like, oh, I don't know, oh, one second. Learning how to put somebody on the back burner mm -hmm. while you pretend to problem solve, because you are, <laughs> but you really have to ask your yeah. tech team, like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, what is a Chromebook, basically? Yeah. Like, so it's, it's being able to juggle 
somebody's emergency right now mm-hmm. when the real emergency for me is that I don't know how to use Chrome OS. Okay. Like their yeah. emergency could be like, I need to zoom out of the screen, but my mm-hmm. emergency is I don't even know what this is. Wild. So that, it kind of threw me in right away. That's like a applicable in classrooms thinking about background knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, you come into a situation not being equipped with the tools that would have you like to be ready to, you know, do a thing and then, you know, suddenly you're faced with this situation. You're like, well, I don't even know what that is. It's like so often, oh no, uh, with like specifically like our ENL students, they come in and idioms are really tricky to them because they interpret the language so literally, right. but they're like, you're barking up the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. Well, why am I barking? Right. And how is it the wrong tree? What am I barking at up in the tree? And you're like, well, it's an expression. Well, what does it mean? Because it sounds like I'm a dog, <laughs> you know? And I feel like that's very much in in line with that. And that's the thing I wanted to talk about too, was like, I think one of these questions was, um, dang, what was it? It said that knowing what you know now, yeah. um, what would you tell your first year self? And um, just that somebody's problem is not my emergency, but that doesn't make it not important. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I take on everybody's emergency, then I would just be a ball of anxiety all the time. Oh, um, yeah. So I definitely had to learn that. And then to the other point was that, dang, what were we just talking about? Right well, that? it doesn't even matter, honestly. Oh, I just asked, like, how did we get into this? But we went in a place, and that's fine. Oh, yeah. Like, but then, like, the problem, dude, the, okay, wait, was tell me about... Oh, yeah, whatever. That's okay. But, yeah, your problem isn't my emergency. And I've jokingly said that around the building, like, uh, particularly to David. I mm-hmm. to him a little bit because yeah. he, he has, you know, he deals with a lot. But, um, yeah, that line specifically in, like, actually taking taking on problems mm-hmm. to solve them without taking on the whole anxious energy. Because I think I had to actually de-escalate the situation, which teachers have to do as well. Huh. Yeah, there is something to when you face a problem, especially if someone's coming in with some sort of baggage, and then do you, how do you compartmentalize that? And the thing is, too, that I had to realize was, you're t- oh, this is what the connection was, that teachers are resilient, and they're on stage all the time, Oh man! and y- teachers got a teaching degree, yes, and they come with that kind of, I guess it's more literal knowledge, um, but then the experience of student teaching and then all the years of teaching that they've, they've garnered over, you know, over time, teachers are um, some of the best improvisers that I've ever met. I know a lot of teachers, I have teachers in my family, mm-hmm. um, I'm friends with teachers, and I know that if I don't get to their problem, if I don't find a solution for them like within 10 minutes, they've probably already found one. <laughs> Yeah, they so. may not, because they don't always have time to wait for one. Exactly. You have to, like, work through it. Whether you are getting the help or not, it doesn't matter. The time is passing, and you're like, well, I'd love to wait to hear back on this, but it's right now, this is the choice I'm making because exactly. I have to. So you said you have teachers in your family? Who's a teacher in your yeah, family? Yeah, so um, my grandmother was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was an IA mm-hmm. in Washington Township for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and then now I'm here. I have had, you know, kind of pseudo aunts and uncles be yeah. teachers. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know how yeah. it works. It's like, oh, okay, that's my aunt in and out of my life. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, 
yeah, grandmother definitely being a teacher that kind of hipped me to the fact that like you can be a teacher in life. Um, oh yeah, because sometimes you don't even know that. Yeah, so it's like people who are contract teachers, you know, maybe only two or three people in my immediate family, but mm-hmm. in terms of like life teachers mm-hmm. and like understanding and recognizing like oh like you're that mm-hmm. like true teacher through and mm-hmm. through. Um, had was blessed to have like a couple of those people yeah yeah so again getting into education was like not a Mm no-brainer um because it was interesting how i got into this because i sort of like fell into this position Mm -hmm. um from covid um just like rearranging my life Mm -hmm. but um yeah just like true life teachers another one of these questions that you um provided there's a lot of questions on yeah well yeah i want to give people options of course yeah because like there's a lot of options like i think it's a good thing it's 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 not you know it's not a bad thing for sure but what was it you said um who were some teachers in your life yeah this this is one yeah who were some people because you meant you just mentioned that like so who were some teachers in your life that like kind of shaped you because every teacher if you ask them they have a list ready to go right they're ready to tell you who it was that right. got them there right who were yours okay so i had a teacher when i was at eastwood um her name oh wait was, you went here yeah, too went, yeah, you <laughs> went here yeah. oh whoa okay all right dude yeah that's a big part of part of this story is that yeah. um, my parents live like five minutes west of eastwood and um like yeah um i don't really know how else to say it like my mom was an ia in the mm-hmm. district for 15 years like I tell the story all the time, but um, it would be fun to tell it on on camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I in fourth grade, um, I got my first four in conduct. This is when students oh. in Washington Township got conduct mm-hmm. grades. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do um, in elementary so. school, but um, yeah, or well, my- elementary, I think they do because I think I see them on my daughter's report card. Okay. Oh man, they're always always the worst. No, (laughs) no, Uh, but yeah, I think they do still get those, or at least like ratings of like behavior in some way. So my rating of behavior for the first time had a notch below what it had been consistently up until fourth grade. So I got a four instead of a five, and then not saying that my mom's a helicopter parent, Mm -hmm. but things kind of went nuclear. Like Mm -hmm. Mr. Brown, what are you doing? You know, she called me Andy at the time. Yeah. Not that her name was Mr. Brown. But, yeah. Um, so then she, you know, we had a thing at home, and she was like, I'm just going to come in and figure it out. So she started volunteering um, in my classroom that I was in, and Whoa. that happened like two or three times a week. And then eventually teachers were like, hey, you're you're good at this. Like, can you come in and be a contract IA? Whoa. And she was in my class like every day. Whoa. <laughs> I know. So, like, for the rest of the year, they were just like, yeah, you're it? And then, of course, she started helping other teachers because, yeah. you know, IAs are flexible. Yeah. Um, so then she was an IA at John Strange, and then eventually they tore John Strange down because it's an old building, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she went to Clearwater, and then she came to Eastwood, and mm-hmm. then, um, now she's retired. Oh, but man. She got out. She did. She got <laughs> out. And COVID was hard. I think a lot of people, you know, got, got out, teachers who mm-hmm. it, it was the end of people's career you know whether they wanted to be or not but um yeah a lot of people were done you know it was difficult yeah because covid really made it a new world i mean in a lot of ways for education in general for me my practice had to change i had to learn and adapt a lot very quickly mm-hmm. uh and i'm i know lots of people did you had mentioned like that covid forced you to rearrange your life yeah how did that happen sorry i know this is not no i know you're not you're it's gonna be 
difficult to do this podcast without talking about COVID because we're still kind of, we're still reeling from you, it. Yeah, we're still it. in it. Yeah, 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 true, true. And at Eastwood in particular, I mean, it was it was I think difficult for teachers because I mean we were undergoing construction here, like mm-hmm. really, really. Um, I mean, I would call it intense renovations. Like we had teachers in the gym multiple classes at a time separated by dividers you know with rolling projectors and promethean boards just trying to make it work you know a wall was out in the gym like it was crazy so and that that's why my mom ended up leaving because she was like i'm done with this like you know it just ended up being a lot you know and i don't really blame her because it that kind of year would tire you out i mean Mm -hmm. she's a trooper she was in it for a while but for me covid was okay so after really in high school when I was listening to like everything that was going on mm-hmm. in Chicago it was like a Chicago art renaissance particularly mm-hmm. music and hip hop and jazz as it merges with soul and everything that went together in mm-hmm. there um, when I was growing up in Indianapolis listening to Chance the Rapper and mm-hmm. the entire um, movement that he was steep, steeped in really mm-hmm. um, I decided I remember still sophomore year sneaking an iPod earphone mm-hmm. in oh, my man, yeah. <laughs> I was that kid I was that mm-hmm. kid so sneaking up and listening to Chance the Rapper I still remember where I was sitting in class and being like I'm moving to Chicago after mm-hmm. sometime sometime mm-hmm. I'm going to move to Chicago like as soon as I'm out of my parents place like and can support myself that's what I'm going to do so I did that after um, college moved up there um, got like you know got settled and then COVID hits and then it's like well what am I going to do I got to I got to do something so, yeah I eventually, you know, made the decision to move back with my parents and it was, it ended up being like one of the best decisions I've like ever made up to this point. To come back to the area. Yeah, to come back and um, to come back here and like work at the middle school that I went to because I peaked in middle school. So I figured, (laughs) (laughs) you know, come back and try to relive the best years of my life. Yeah. I I don't know that you peaked yet. I I gave yourself, I can give yourself some slack there, but (laughs) that's... That's funny. But yeah, I mean, when you when you talk about the story of like everybody has that story that, you know, can remember like, you know, March 13th, you know, or like, yeah, it's one you of those know, crazy like, ones. I don't have too many of those, but there are those moments. I talk about this with Heather Mayhew, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, she came and visit me, visited me in the summer when I was just here alone scanning Chromebooks. Yeah. And she she came and she talked to me for like an hour. The, don't tell my boss, I guess. But, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, right. no, it was cool. It's productive. But she and we talk about like those moments that like where you have like a window mm-hmm. of time and it's maybe like a key decision time or mm-hmm. something like that and you know she brought that up we talked about that for a little bit but. yeah i agree there were some decisions that i made during that time as well and i think everybody has those you know either that or the other flip side of the experience is i just survived it i just did whatever i had to do i put my head down and i got through it you know i and i think some people had that experience but i feel like it sounds like you had a transformative experience i think so yeah i mean don't get me wrong there was there was a lot of um it was uh, i mean for everybody i think yeah you know it was not all roses for sure but Mm -hmm. to come out of it with a new opportunity and um to yeah kind of have a transformative experience i mean there were definitely some lulls Mm. in the in the thing in the whole the whole COVID thing yeah there definitely were for a lot of us there were hiccups and i mean it changed the way people practiced and it changed the way we thought about practice on your end suddenly these one-to-ones 
like it changes your probably not only your day to day but your job description. Yeah, probably yeah, like sure. in a substantive substantive way. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, like we had some COVID scares too. I mean, I know that like I don't want to talk about this and not mention that like this, you know, some people died. Yeah. Um, and like no one in my family died. We did have some scares, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like definitely came out on the other end. I think with a great, at least, job. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So I mean, yeah. yeah, you can't. You come through with something. You like we probably have to hold on to something. Like I came out with this thing. Yeah. You know. Or, yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it was like a terrifying. I there's it's like a lot of mixed emotions. But I feel like. When you get it tangled up with education, it gets messier, and you think about yeah, all those education things. Education like, had to change; it had to change as as a whole. And some districts were more ready for that than other ones. I think some districts had already had one to one instituted, mm-hmm. um, at least in high schools. And I don't know exactly the history of Washington Township mm-hmm. in terms of like tech acquisition and mm-hmm. um, integration into the learning environment, but I think that that we doing one-to-one in middle schools was the start of something really great where we have yeah a lot of devices in the building but kids learning how to really type mm-hmm. yeah. um, at a young age is huge mm-hmm. yeah I mean, even that alone let alone i mean all of the potential that there is to to google and mm-hmm. find information chat gpt mm-hmm. you know all of this stuff so i'm really glad that washington township made the move um, and you know, had, they had to adapt very quickly. I mean, the tech department, oh my gosh, like I came in right after kind of that wave mm-hmm. and, um, Dan Mayorga who trained me, I mean, he was telling me, he's like, dude, like we literally set it up. At, like they had to make the pro- make the boat as they were, you mm-hmm. know, build the boat as they were rowing it. So, man, I mean, people pulled up in North central and just like every, they would pull up. All right. Chromebook here. Boom. Boom. Yeah. How do we make sure we get this back? <laughs> I, they were just handing them out. They were yeah. like, we need to start the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't even, it, yeah, it was a scene. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. I I can only imagine what that was like on that end. But so we go through and I, you kind of like think about with COVID changing and with a lot of stuff that you've seen in education, this maybe is like a forward looking thing. Where do you see that going? Like those changes, those ripples. What oh, are what wow. are the outcomes? Wow, um, <laughs> that's a that's a good question that wasn't on the sheet. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, of course, I think that students are going to be trusted more with technology in their hands. Mm-hmm. I think that one to one as a concept is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a BYOD network, meaning bring mm-hmm. your own device, a network that is separate from the Washington Township like general Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So most organizations like enterprise organizations have at this point a bring your own device network. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably one of the most challenging networks for organizations to um, manage because we have all Chromebooks and all MacBooks because we only have to predict for like two or three types of devices on our network. Yeah. So you can minimize the, you know, the, I guess, maybe this is excessive threat model or like yeah. um, just generally minimize the amount of problems that you're going to see mm-hmm. um, with, when you have less types of devices on a network. Um, if you don't administer the devices that are on a network, things can get very 
they can get tough, they get dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, things don't work. So um, I think that eventually, all that to say that I think kids are going to be bringing their own devices, and it's not going to look like a Chromebook. It's going to look like wearables um, mm. in the sense that kids are going to have glasses. I mean, we talk about this all the time, yeah. you know, with, with younger people who are interested in it. I mm-hmm. mean, anybody who's interested in technology is like, when when's the Neuralink coming? When's the yeah. brain implant coming? Um, and I think that the Apple, you know, the Apple VR is yeah. a really good example of that, where there's a computer in glasses and then you use your hands to move tabs and applications around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same chip that's in our MacBooks that are in front of us right now. Mm-hmm. So, plus a ton of cameras and eye stuff. And mm-hmm. so there's going to be this time moving forward when students have their own world in their head that we don't see right in front of them. Um, mm-hmm. And how we administer that is um, going to be going to be a challenge. But it's it's going to free a lot of and honestly it's going to be tough because then you start to have like classism and and things that come to play where some kids have maybe a nicer BYOD mm-hmm. but maybe the township just applies it I, I'm not really sure but eventually everybody's going to have something I mean in their brain I mean you're talking about looking forward I'm not trying to be like dystopic or anything no no I'm just purely curious because if you I, I honestly I read this uh, like amazing book by Chuck Klosterman uh, called But What If We're Wrong uh-huh thinking about the future as if it were the past. Oh, wow. Or thinking about the present as if it were the past, where he wrote these series of essays thinking about, like, right now, uh-huh. imagine we're 100 years out from this. What okay. would we be yeah, thinking? You know, I like, guess I went to, like, future, yeah. future, future. But but it's, it's not that far off. But, I mean, the idea is, like, you have to stop and think about how many things we were wrong about. Right. And so what could we be wrong about, and what could that look like? Because there's... It would be hard to predict, and if you were to tell, you know, somebody right now, just be like, 1923. Okay, yeah, you know what the challenge is going to be mm-hmm. is when the kids, because this is like my understanding of, of stuff like Neuralink, is mm-hmm. that, and for people who don't know, it's like a brain, it's a brain implant, it's a mm-hmm. prototype of a brain implant that goes in, like a everybody is a consumer in our society mm-hmm. but goes in the head of a regular person not somebody who needs a special accommodation like some people mm-hmm. have implants already for vision or hearing or stuff like mm-hmm. that in their brains yeah um, and it's going beyond that and putting a computer basically in the head of an average person mm-hmm. um, and integrating that into our brains and how they function mm-hmm. um, so with something like that happening I can't really see based on my limited knowledge of biology Mm -hmm. and psychology um how we would put those devices in people's heads who are already grown so there's going to be this situation where most teachers are going to not have that there's going to be this time period where teachers aren't going to have that in their brains and students will a lot of students will and how do you conduct a learning environment in that scenario and the is the next time that you re up when those that first wave of kids are old enough to be teachers, is that the first anchor point where you can bridge that gap? And I mean, what happens in that space between that? A lot of learning. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot, lot of, of learning, learning. A lot of error. Yeah, you know, a lot of trial and error. A lot of trying to see what's you know going on in people's heads. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much of that is our property? Yeah. If it's on our Wi-Fi, is it our property? I mean, these are important questions to ask. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. Because students need to Google. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, those are questions. And I mean, honestly, but it's not that different from what we do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some regards. Which is in, an important piece to bring up because we have computers in front of us. And to a certain extent, if you have a computer in your brain, you could say, you know, the only difference is that you're not looking down, you're looking anywhere you want. Yeah. You're not looking at a folded screen. You're not, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have your neck craned. You're just looking around. Yeah. So to an extent, it's the same, but I can't walk around as a teacher and go see what's on your screen. Right. You know, and then if it's in your head, can I put that on dyno? Like, and yeah. then what, because then what, you know, restrictions are there to, to say, well, you can see this portion, but you can't see that portion. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. yeah, those are difficult questions. I mean, obviously, those are like things about the future. But I mean, the one thing we can say for sure is that you don't like Bitmojis. Oh, no, I love Bitmojis. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh. oh, okay. Okay, so you crossed out the no. You underlined yes. Okay, yes, I thought yes, that yes, was yes, a note yes, about yes, the yeah. next one. No. So you're into those, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm into Bitmojis. I have a Bitmoji in my Outlook. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I should think. Yeah, because yeah, is really into Bitmoji. Yeah, now when I think about it. Like I have to go back and they're like, oh yeah, it was in his it's right. in his email right. signature and it's on this it's on over here on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we do know we can say that. Yes. We do know we can say that. I so, circled that question because it was short. It's definitely yeah. a big yes for me. It's definitely a big yes. Bitmoji. That's amazing. I'm so with Bitmoji for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like will say I do love the idea of with them I, the the customization is nice. But I think I've learned a little bit about like the the Bitmoji classroom, the interactive space. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, really? I have one that I'll show you that I've saved. Uh, it's a PSYOP model uh, Bitmoji classroom that's pretty neat. Uh, and I'll, I'll have to show that to you later. It's pretty, but yeah. it is pretty neat. And I, I do like that where you can create like hubs. I see like a lot of VR potential in Bitmoji actually. Yeah. Um, I think Bitmoji is a sleeper in the VR world. It, it could be. You know, honestly, there are... Um... Facebook might buy Bitmoji, actually. Now that oh, I really? That. I mean, think about that. Like, they're, they're, they are the avatar game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it integrates into so many other things. Yeah, invest in Bitmoji if they're public. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they are. But then, what do you get... Then let's talk, because we've talked a little bit about, like... Um, you know school here and you before but what about right now like let's talk about maybe the stuff that we've taken away before we look forward one last time yeah sure sure. like what have you learned from like students or being in a school um patience oh yeah how sure patience um like students are not adults but they want to be adults a lot of them want to be adults really badly or Mm. think that they already are yeah and so being patient with somebody whose mind isn't fully developed yet Mm -hmm. um is just is so important and to have patience with yourself when you're in those situations yeah yeah i've seen those kids who think they're adults but also i've seen those kids who want to be and they just can't oh yes i've seen that and then what do, you, what do you do when you get stuck with a problem or you feel like you're at a, uh, an impasse and you can't get through? What do you do when you're stuck in the mud there? What do I do? I mean, I think that it's really nice to be able to share a wall with Letitia. Yeah. Um, Letitia Frazier. Yeah, she's the bomb. She mm-hmm. is 
she knows what's going on mm-hmm. in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that has been like indispensable for mm-hmm. me. Um, but that's also, she's also a resource that I, I mean, she's a friend too mm-hmm. at this point. I'm like proud to be able to call her my friend. I, yeah. think, I hope she would be able to call me the same thing. Um, but it's when somebody, when she, you have that kind of person in your life, I mean, you don't want to like drain that well either. So right. um, she is a person who I have gone to and would continue to go to for help and support, but also knowing that previous piece is that mm-hmm. it motivates me to be self-sufficient as well and like solve problems on my own. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have a fallback, but it, yeah. but having that good fallback, but the, the benefit of having a good fallback is that fallback can teach you how to take it forward mm-hmm. how to take that thing and learn from it and be like oh well i see what she does true oh well that actually kind of pairs well into kind of some of these other things one of this the other questions we had selected was who do you see as an up and coming staff or district leader oh wow um i mean there are so many people like particularly young people in this building and in the district that i'm very excited about i'm generally mm-hmm. excited about young people i think yeah. um but I would say that honestly, like Danielle, Danielle Jones, mm-hmm. last year she absolutely killed it mm-hmm. with. Um, I mean, I don't see any data. I'm not in PLC, so right. I, I don't see any data about people's classrooms. But I would often last year pop into classes. Still, sometimes this year, mm-hmm. but more last year, um, pop into classrooms. And her teaching style, if I were to have had her as a teacher in middle school, I just know I would have really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. Um, and would have learned a lot as well because, Mm -hmm. you know, certain teaching styles are conducive Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, a great learning environment for in general, but particularly for some students, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a great reason, you know, to have multiple teachers in Mm -hmm. a grade level, right? Yeah. You get a little bit of different styles, but um, I think she's super up and coming. I mean, she did... Ah, so many things, like so many extra stuff. Like, and we we mm-hmm. love the people who do do extra stuff, and mm-hmm. it's it doesn't seem like they're being extra. Mm-hmm. Like for her, she did. Uh, dang, what she do? She did the Eagleettes mm-hmm. fire. Like mm-hmm. so so good. I'm like, I can't really explain how good mm-hmm. the Eagleettes actually are. It's people who yeah. don't who haven't seen middle school or like who don't maybe know the potential for middle schoolers to dance well yeah like they're really good and mm-hmm. um and then uh dang the black history month convocation mm-hmm. like that didn't exist and then her and braxton were like boom we're doing it that's so cool. it was a whole convocation like there was no plan like that well there was a plan but no plan that had been pre you know predisposed onto them they um, brought it into existence yeah they brought it into existence they like invented it like here at eastwood so i i just think that that is indispensable that's awesome to to have that kind of like, you know, mindset to to be like I'm starting this and it's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's not here now. Nobody else is gonna do it if I don't do it. Exactly. So I guess I have to do and it. And we've had yeah, like um, Equality Alliance. Like shout out to Allie Bright. Like she mm-hmm. did that. Um, she started that maybe last year, maybe the year before. But um, like the shirt is from that. Yeah. And um, she, you know, she left. She got a job at Carmel, but like things like that that young people see and then do is like very mm-hmm. inspiring to me and like that's that's just a great thing yeah those people and those people exist yes, and you know the other thing sometimes it's frustrating but sometimes it's inspiring is to see when they handle those things so effortlessly mm, it looks and you're like man 
like leave some for the rest <laughs> of us you know like, yeah. like you are making me look right. so bad right, but like right. you also have to realize like it's maybe not effortless it's that they're managing it yeah, it's very well preparation to be to be done before yeah and they yeah. do and they compartmentalize and they you know have on task time and they have a lot of other skills that go into that right but it is you're like yeah, they got it so easy. And then they're like, this is not easy. This yeah. is hard. Yeah, yeah. But a, but from the outside, sometimes it's easy to make that assumption. There are or a lot like, of teachers. A lot of teachers in, in, in general, I think, make it look easy. It's just not an easy job. So it's, it's like, why like why am I here? Maybe, I don't know if that's a question on here. But, I but think that it I'm can here. be. Yeah, 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 it could be. Um, Yeah, just like teachers' jobs are hard. Yeah. You know, that's that's it. Yeah, teachers' <laughs> jobs are hard. Yeah, boy, hard. you have and kids, you, are, and kids are the future. Like, so you know, you want to look forward. Maybe you know, like kids, kids are it. Yeah, like that's it. And it's hard to prepare people for the world because the world's hard. Yeah, and it's hard to also, in my own journey, like learning the hard way how time really does feel like it slips away. You know how fast that can happen, and you realize these kids go from like nothing, you know, like resembling an adult, to by the end of the year, you're like, dude, how old are you? You know what I mean? You like look at him, you're like, are you like nineteen? Like, like no, I'm twelve. Have you seen Have you seen <laughs> any of your old students like in public, or they come back? I have, and it's strange, actually. Like, how does that make you feel? Uh, sometimes it's great. A couple of years ago, uh, I was at a baseball game and I saw a student, and it was funny because when I when I saw him, I recognized his face, but ever so much had changed because, I mean, he wasn't a you know a small kid or anything, but you know he was like a middle school boy, and now here was this hulking man, yeah. you know, like he was over six feet, uh -huh. broad shoulders, and just, you're like looking at him, you're like, wow, you're like a real, like you're an adult. Right, you're a person. You know, you're yeah. like so real. And I had not my most recent student teacher, but um, the one before that, we were walking down the hall one day and we were talking about when I student taught, and I said I student taught sixth graders, and we started talking about you know our experiences and then I said yeah and it's just really crazy and because I brought up time again and I said you know it slips by because you know now that I think about it those sixth graders would be and I did the math in my head I said don't do the math yeah I was like no, don't do that. they'd be seniors in college right now and I looked at her and I was like were you in sixth grade she's like yeah I wasn't gonna tell you and I was like oh no yeah. you're one of the you could have been my student she's like yeah Oh no! <laughs> but yeah, it it does. It goes quick. So those things were like you're saying, kids of the future, because we don't have as long as we think. True. Like that time that we have them with them, like 180 days. Sometimes it feels like it's so long, mm -hmm. but in the grand scheme, it's not. Yeah. Like you got to get in, make an like establish something, make an impact, and get out because they're not going to right. You have standards, you have meetings, and you have all these things that make the make it feel like your time is accounted for already. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to kind of zoom in and focus in the classroom such that you can 
can be able to contribute in the morning and the, mm-hmm. the, the, to those more, I would say, like maybe clerical aspects mm-hmm. of being a teacher, when you can zoom in and focus in the present and really connect with those students, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about when we're trying to help students like grow and grow mm-hmm. up and it's past the standards as well. Yes. Um, so. it Yeah, actually, yeah. that's really great. Yes, it is. So it's, I changed one of my mantras today to like, uh, you know, basically the idea is like the standard is the finish line, you know, like you got to teach to and through it. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a new mantra I'm adopting like this. It sort of I swapped out another one for that one. I always kind of keep three mantras per year with me. I keep them on my notebook. I'll show you. Uh, but I, I actively swapped them out today mm. after some reflection, because usually I'll carry through a whole year. But mm. I decided like, no, I think. I'm at this point, I've learned enough this year already. These things can go because I've already got it. Mm. You know, mm. that's already been embedded. Okay, that can go, okay, I need a new one. Up. You know, yeah, yeah this yeah. next one, it can go, I need another one. Right, you know, right. like, so I, that's funny, I did that. Uh, but then, uh, like, in the end, uh, what do you got coming up? What's 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 new for you? What what do you have going on? Like you know everybody else, they do their promo. You know they're like, oh, yeah. I, I got this movie coming out. What do you got going right, on? Right. Okay, yeah, I'm using promo. Um, working on, of course, music projects. Yes. Um, I have an album for uh, this guy I'm working with. He uh, is a close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make a project for a decade. Yeah. Like a decade for a while. Um, and so, really settling down to work on that. Um, mm-hmm. School wise, of course. Um, getting getting through the days getting the tickets yeah. in and out um and then what's next next i think um i'm playing the field like trying yeah. to understand what's what's worthwhile for me does mm-hmm. it make more sense to spend my time on microsoft certifications mm-hmm. or um like writing code because mm-hmm. um, i oh. do a little bit of both but um yeah that's that's kind of what's next is trying to understand how how do all of those things meet um, and where do they meet or is it you know am I always gonna have these different mm-hmm. buckets and have to manage them so that's that's kind of where, where I'm going in the future but um, yeah, you can, yeah you can catch me around Eastwood from nine to five or, <laughs> yeah you know, um, yeah wandering around just being there being yeah, the yeah. guy what about you what's next uh, I don't know well this more of these uh, I got some more writing to do and I've got to finish up a couple assignments I I I wince to say this, but I heard, <laughs> I I once heard um, Zach Braff, you know, the the guy from like Scrubs. Oh, okay, he, yeah. Like he talked about writing and he, <laughs> and it was like, it's funny, you're like Zach Braff, the writing guy, but like, bear with me. But he said he learned from. The question off the sheet, who yeah. do you idolize Zach Braff? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it was like, he learned this thing about writing and I think it was from uh, someone he learned like in college but they said that like being a writer is like giving yourself homework every night for the rest of your life (laughs) (laughs) which in some ways it is but also it's one of those things where like it's cool because I want to do it yeah honestly I think what's next for me is like trying to um, maintain like balance trying to find balance and maintaining mm. I mean more generally like between all the things that I like to do and mm-hmm. you're talk you talked about like feeling like time can sort of slip away like if you mm-hmm. look backwards and you're like oh my gosh where did all that time go mm-hmm. and I just don't I don't want to feel like that no or you want to feel like wow that time went but it was a lot of fun right, yeah right. I had a lot, lot of fun, fun and I like, made the most of it you know um, and it's you know trying to cram to do the most 
to do the most is actually it can kind of be counterproductive um, in a way. Yeah. And then our whole like kind of societal like mantra of like productivity, um, I think is a little bit, I think it's played out honestly. And I think that we don't have to be productive, um, super productive, like every part of our day or sometimes being productive is to meditate or do nothing at all yes right? I, I'm, I'm learning to do that myself yeah I'm working very hard on that but yeah because we're busy we're busy Mr. Crawford yes we are yes we are Mr. Brown yes, are. hey well listen I appreciate this I guess this is probably the end this is a it, this this was a long one yeah and it, but it went faster than I thought it would yeah so but we did it Thank you, Andy. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for uh, having me on here for the, you know, being a guinea pig for your first episode. Yeah, you're the first one. And I now hope I, that we don't have to, to, you know, cut it too severely. I know you want to go all the way. Honestly, I don't really even want to cut it. We'll be like uh, right here. This well, will be we'll, the cut. We'll go back and listen to it like five times yeah. or 500 times and be like, yeah, I really want to change that. Punch in. Yeah, be like, <laughs> uh, we're going to need to radio that one. <laughs> right, right. Yep, but not so. Here we go. We're going to close it out in three, two, one. There it is. Bye, everybody. Congratulations. You made it all the way through. That was a long first one. Um, I'll learn a lot about this whole process as we go on. But uh, we did it. That was it. Episode one. Andy Brown. What a guy. Um, I just want to take a moment to say that if you are listening and you're interested in instructional coaching what it is who we are what we do um you can email me uh, i will have the email address in the link in the description of the show i guess i think that's how i'm going to do this i don't know uh but instructional coaches are a great way to uh help you grow we're not just there to criticize i promise we're there to uh see the best and help take you from good to great the instructional coaching team here in this district they're great people so with that being said thank you very much for your time and i'll be back next time with a different education perspective a different educator i'll be back next week with nick myers a young teacher here in my building I guess young is relative. Maybe that's a judgment. I don't know. I don't actually know how old Nick is. But he looks so young. I don't mean like 14. But I mean like, I don't know. He's not 14. I know that. But he's not 100. So there's that. Do with it what you will. But uh, I will, uh, I'll speak with you next time. All right. I guess I should have a sign off. What do you think? I don't know what it is. If you have an idea, email me. All right. Bye.